Welcome to episode 9 of the Section K podcast. Today's Tuesday, April 16th. On today's episode, we sit down with the 2019 NCHA Open Super Stakes champion, Phil Hansen, who rode Hiss and Vinegar for owners Jeff and Jennifer Follin. We also discuss some of the non-pro competition that just wrapped up this weekend, dive into a little golf talk, specifically the Masters champion shout-out Tiger Woods, and we also give the people a little update on the winner of the Section K podcast bracket competition. This episode of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Equine Extreme Performance. EXP offers an all-natural, drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They have built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality available to you and your horse. How do we know it's right for your horse? Megan Miller and Carolina Rain, the 2019 NCHA Super Stakes Classic Champ, use Proform. Be sure to give Proform, as well as the other EXP products, a try ASAP. Also, be sure to use promo code Section K for 10% off your next order. That is Section K for 10% off your next EXP order. We are here at the NCHA Kit Kat Sugar Super Stakes. Just finished up the non-pro division competition here at the Super Stakes. Crowned a couple champions. Carolina Rain, Megan Miller were the 5-6 non-pro champs. Had co-champs in the Super Stakes non-pro finals. Chad Bouchard riding Ray-Ban's girl marked a 222, as well as Constance Yegi. She rode Super Trooper for 222 points and the co-championship as well. Um, it was a pretty solid week of non-pro competition. Uh, good horses. I know Kristen Galleon, she had a hell of a show in the non-pro. Uh, was reserve, I believe, in both. Yeah, third place in the four-year-old. Third in the four-year-old reserve in the five-six. I was talking to Wesley earlier. He mentioned that she won close to, I believe, like 48000 in the non-pro. That's pretty sweet. It's a darn good week. Yeah, unbelievable week in the non-pro. Um, I thought those five-six non-pro finals were some of the best watching over the entire show so far. Cody was in those. He made the five-six non-pro finals on his horse that they raised, Tellus One Time, a.k.a. Lloyd. Um, Cody was last. What, what was your game plan kind of being last? I know you marked a 15 and a half, just kind of getting the best out of those cattle that you could. What was your game plan going in there, Headland? I was just trying to get cut clean and and hope for the best. Being last, there's it's a little tough to uh, filter through those cows, especially in the non-pro finals where the, everybody's picking their cows and they're getting them cut. And there's a lot of good cows in that set, but when it got down to me, we were a little. Our cow list was a little short, so we uh, we just kind of cut the ones that we knew and and went from there and got by with a 15 and a half and just cut for the biggest check. Yeah, just looking down the score, there was 226, 222 and a half, 221, 220 and a half, 220, 219. I mean, just tons of big scores, tons of 18s, tons of 17s, just. Good all-around watching for the 5-6 non-pro finals. I really enjoyed watching those. One of the better finals that we've seen as in a non-pro event in Will Rogers for a while. I mean, a lot of runs over 220. Uh, I mean, Megan Miller on her Mary Carolina reign, that was a phenomenal run. Well, just like big-time open horses in the non-pro. Yeah. I felt like that this show for sure. Notable names that made two horses in the 5-6 finals in the non-pro. Kathleen Moore had two, and Paula Wood also had two. Yeah, shout out Paula Wood. She made it on old cool and hot. Yeah, had and a soon tough to be life. black. And soon to be black. That's right. Yeah, no, I watched those those non pro finals on Saturday as I watched the Masters. So it was 
it was cool to be able to watch the masters i know mark had the masters and the cutting on at the cutting horse central booth so shout out everyone that took in tiger's win at the masters at the cutting horse central booth we'll get into a little bit of that here later on but uh good all-around weekend of non-pro finals here at the nchha super stakes chad bouchard went ahead and won the nchha super stakes non-pro for the second time in a row won it last year on the great mare bittersweet and this year picked up the co-championship aboard Ray Ban's gal. Constance Yegi also was the co-champ in that division. Marked a 222 on Super Trooper. I believe that one's out of the great mare. Itchy's my choice, if yep. I'm not mistaken. So smart, yeah, I know. I'm sure that was a great night for Constance and everybody over at J5. Cool to see uh, a horse out of Itchy's my choice hitting the show pin and, and winning a major event here in Fort Worth. Yeah, Grant's had a lot of success on that horse too, and, and Constance has been showing it as well, a good little gelding for them to go show, and that's awesome for them to do good, especially at Bay Mare. She was, she was awesome to watch. Yeah, doubling up too. I know Grant and Constance have doubled up on this Super Trooper horse quite a bit, and, and they've both done well, so it's always good to see that too. Some other notable names that had a good show in the non-pro Todd Quirk had two horses in the four-year-old and one in the five-six. Ryan Rapp had one four-year-old and one five and six-year-old finalist, and also Chad Bouchaw winning it with his one four-year-old and also had a finalist in the five-six non-pro. Yeah, shout out Bittersweet. She looked good all show. I know. I think Will showing her here in the amateur. So I'm sure. Perfect. That's pretty Chad, cool. Yeah, Chad and the rest of the of the Bouchaw family. I know will be pumped to see see Will crack the herd on her. I know she's a special special part of the Bouchaw clan. Yeah, Masters, how about Bo Gallion just completely calling that W for Tiger Woods and picking up his first first win in the first leg on the way to hopefully the Grand Slam. I thought that was pretty sweet that, that Super G, we had a pretty awesome golf chat I thought his last week. week and <laughs> he came on here and made some bold claims about Tiger and they came true. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. See if he can get it all right with winning all the Grand Slams this year. Yeah, man. I mean, it was. we're not a golf podcast by any means, but I feel pretty obligated to mention the comeback that we all witnessed over the last several years. I'm a huge golf fan, and I told you guys yesterday, I mean, sitting there watching Tiger, I wasn't prepared for that moment. I mean, I during the last several years, it just seemed pretty much impossible that he'd ever come back and compete at that level, and I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't shed a tear watching him freaking raise his hands in jubilation and celebrate with his family. And it was just an unbelievable moment for sports. And I told you guys yesterday, I think that's one of the greatest, if not the greatest moment in all of sports. It's damn sure the best moment in golf. And I don't think we'll see a moment like that in sports ever again. Yeah. And you're for sure our golf guy of the podcast. And I really don't know. A whole lot about golf other than i know how awesome tiger woods was growing up and uh and i have we i mean all of us we've been right we've grown up knowing that he, the failure that he's had and he's to overcome all of it it's it, it is one of the greatest sports moments in the history of all sports yeah i feel like i am a little bit more of a fan of golf than colburn but way less than caden and Watching the Masters on Sunday is exactly like you said, Colburn. It was amazing to watch. He was the greatest golfer that we knew growing up. And then everybody knowing about his 
personal life, and then he had the physical troubles with his back, and then to come back and all the doubts that said, you know, you're never going to win another major, come back and win it in that kind of a fashion. And growing up, uh, for the longest time, his face was everywhere. On Gatorades, he even had his own video game. He was was Nike. Yeah. I mean, he was Nike. Yeah, and it it was just like, it almost was like overnight, it kind of all disappeared, even though he still had plenty of sponsors. It just, a lot of that where he was right in front of your face kind of disappeared. And it's really cool for, I think, any person that has struggled with anything or it's just a, a cool example for all of us to see someone be at the top, fall all the way to the bottom, and go all the way back to the top, and win one of one of the greatest moments in sports history, like we said. And for the guys that he's beating, like they're the kids that are like us. Yeah, they grew up watching him win, and have never really got to play with him and him be dominant like that, and then. He shows them at the Masters. That was super evident watching the tournament yesterday and really watching the tournament throughout the four days. I mean, those guys, the young bucks you speak of, the Justin Thomases, the John Roms, the Jordan Spees, I mean, they've never had to deal with a 100% cat. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, he is the cat. Like, that's who Tiger is. And they've never had to deal with tiger in the state that he was yesterday i've never seen someone play the back nine at augusta national i won't get into breaking it down super in depth but experience is what won him that golf tournament yesterday and i it's interesting to compare it to like the fraternity and i think about when ronnie rice won the fraternity a few years back when him and Terrence split and experience goes a long way and that's what won tiger that golf tournament whether it was hitting right of the pin on 15 and two punting and making an easy birdie or leaving the tee shot on 16 above the ridge and almost making a hole in one. I mean, imagine if that tee shot on 16 goes in the hole. I mean, just imagine the – I mean, he made birdie and went on to to pipe one on 17 and scrambled for a bogey on 18 to win the tournament. But, I mean, imagine if he dunks that on on 16. I mean, the crowd just – the other yeah, thing that I thought was insane. super crazy about just these golfers having nerves of steel was Brooks Kepka. right after that tee shot on 16, there's guys on the left side, the opposite side of yeah, 17 tee box where Kepka's teeing off, and they're like going bananas after time. I mean, they're <laughs> going screaming, and Kepka just lines up and pipes it right down dead center, just like nothing even. No yeah, I mean, it's just like yesterday was the best day of golf watching that I've – ever seen in my entire life so i felt obligated to mention that on the show today (laughs) well it's our show yeah we can do what we want (laughs) and hey bo gallion man with a super cool prediction i think it's really cool that he mentioned that tiger was going to win the masters and now everybody's saying like what if he wins the grand slam like (laughs) bo called me on i think it was thursday after the first round i was like dude that prediction i made on the podcast was so stupid like what was i thinking saying (laughs) and now all these people i mean it's setting up to where tiger really could win the grand slam he has done well at beth page black pebble beach he's ripped that golf course to shreds on multiple occasions like that guy has a legitimate shot to win the grand slam so it'll be fun to sit back and watch the composure that he had those the last two 
holes while he's walking down to the greens. Uh, it was so crazy because you could just like in, in my room, I could just feel like the crowd being like, oh, my God. And he was just walking down there like he owned the planet. It was just the coolest thing to watch. Just chewing on his gum. Just trying to imagine being on the grounds at, at Augusta when all that was going on and just how loud it was and what it was like to be there. I can't imagine that. It would have been a cool experience. This episode is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all of these sales at the NRCHA and NCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you are looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. 70% of the finalists in the NCHA Super Stakes Limited Open were sale graduates, including champion Khaleesi Cat, owned by Kathleen Moore. Three sale graduates in the Open four-year-old finals, Stylish Haley, owner Kathleen Moore, D-Mac Dogfather, owner David and Stacy McDavid, and Bad Boon Arising, owner Plantation Farms, LLC. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www.westernbloodstock.net. So now we're going to go into an interview with our 2019 NCHA Kit Kat Sugar Super Stakes Open Champion, Phil Hansen, who rode Hiss and Vinegar for Jeff and Jennifer Foland of Weatherford, Texas. Super cool to sit down with Phil. I don't know Phil very well, or I didn't know Phil very well till we had the opportunity to sit down with him. It was super cool to listen to Phil and kind of dive into his program and kind of what his hobbies are and kind of who Phil is away from the cutting pin. So I really enjoyed talking with Phil. Like Caden said, I, I don't know Phil that much at all either, but there was a lot of things that he said that uh, I really didn't know about him, which I thought was really cool and I think everybody's going to enjoy listening to that. Yeah, it was to great that. to talk to him. He's been a super successful big-time trainer in our industry for as long as I've been doing it. And like I say here in a little bit, he's won every event here in Fort Worth. And I watched him from afar and loved his horses for a long time. So it was really great to sit down with Phil and get to know him better. Yeah, and being on the West Coast and growing up watching Phil, it was cool to talk to him and talk about Hiss and Vinegar, another horse that I liked during the fraternity trials and all that. And so it was You loved Hiss and Vinegar during <laughs> the fraternity. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool to sit down and chat with Phil and talk about race cars and some of his other hobbies. So, so now enjoy an interview with the 2019 NCHA Kit Kat Sugar Super Stakes Open Champion, Phil Hansen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined here at the NCHA Super Stakes with a man who just completed the career Grand Slam, took the 2019 NCHA Open Super Stakes Championship aboard Hiss and Vinegar. He was your 2014 NCHA Open Futurity Champ aboard Classy CD Cat, was also the 2010 Summer Cutting Spectacular Open Derby Champion aboard LHR Smooth Jamie May, and the Open Derby Reserve Champion aboard Pounce was also the 2018 Pacific Coast Fraternity Champ aboard Sweet Little Primetime. Mr. Phil Hansen, welcome to the Section K Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, congrats on uh, the championship and completing the Grand Slam and winning all three 
of the Triple Crown events here in Fort Worth. Like we were talking about earlier, not aboard the same horse, but pretty awesome feat to win the Futurity, the Super Stakes, and the Derby all in a, in a show career, and that's something pretty special. What do you remember from your run here the other night aboard Hiss and Vinegar? Well, I, I remember uh, uh, the cows we cut. Um, you know, they're uh, uh, cows we had specifically picked, and, and uh, you know, they fell into place. It's Again, it was one of those deals where uh, yeah, it's always been amazing to me how easy it is when uh, to do this in the finals when uh, it's your turn. Uh, you know, it just it was a feeling that you get, uh, like I had, that you know I felt like we were going to do really good, and uh, uh, you know everything just fit together. The cows we were wanting to cut showed up in the right positions and uh, just let us walk right up there and cut them, you know, trot up on one of them. That feeling didn't just start that night, though. I mean, she obviously had to have been working good for you to be that confident when you walked down there knowing, like, hey, this this mare's dialed in. She's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's – you know, that mare always has good works. I mean, I – you know, I like the semis, I worked with one cow. Yeah. You know, and Yeah, I you told us that on, on our live I, show. I could have worked uh, just one cow for the finals, but I – thought to myself you know i better work at least another one yeah (laughs) (laughs) so how special was it having jake helping you this year Uh, you know that's that's always been real special i mean he was there when we won the fraternity uh it's that's been a lot of fun and uh that was a real special night not only with the win but uh for to have jake make his first finals in the uh in one of the majors you know he's been in the limited finals and stuff but it first open finals. on y'all's horse that you guys uh, on our own horse yes that's even better yeah yeah that's awesome i've watched you guys from afar and gotten to know jake here the last couple of years seeing him at tcu stuff and it was super cool to see leah and see megan and just see y'all's family's excitement for jake and and all what his hard work to them too paying I mean, off. Yeah, yeah they were just so pumped for for him and and for the horse and it was really cool to see um, how does this win compare to like the go rounds and the semis compared to when you won the Futurity or when you were first and second at the Derby? Yeah, was it was it harder to get through the rounds and, and get through the the finals this year? Um, you know, the the cattle were really good this year here at the Super Stakes. Uh, I mean, as as good as I can remember this time of year. Uh, so I don't I don't think it was that difficult. I didn't feel like it was that difficult to get through the rounds. Um. Uh, on her, I I did have trouble on another horse, and that was my fault. I screwed up. Uh, but uh, you know, Jake got got through good. Um, and uh, it just the cattle. I was real impressed with the cattle this year. Yeah, you can't say that every year. It's just a tough time of year with the weather and so yeah. wishy washy every every yep. every year. How'd you feel about the schedule this year with it? all the open being in the first week and having to get your five, six horses ready with your four-year-olds and just kind of it all being jam-packed here. You know, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's the same as the rest of the aged events that we go to. Yeah. Uh, the difference being it, it actually became a little bit more work uh, because uh, of the, of it being all up front at the beginning of the show uh, with having to drive in and out, yeah. you know, working at home. Uh, instead of being away from home and you're right there working and so it was a little bit more work in that aspect but uh, 
I like the idea of it of doing that. Uh, gives uh, you know if there's a horse that uh, the owner wants to double on, I mean, it gives them an opportunity, and and it doesn't take take anything away from the horse for you for the open finals. Uh, I think it's a good idea. And you said you worked at, at the house. Is that something you typically do when at these Fort Worth events here? Yeah, at these events, I work at the house. Where, where do you live and work out of now? Uh, we work out of Silverado, uh, and uh, we live right there. What was it like having a horse like Hiss and Vinegar um, talked about a lot? We talked about it on the live show. I know Cody picked, picked you to win, and I also said that I was excited to watch that horse. Um, what's it like? knowing people are talking about a horse like that and kind of expecting expecting you to win. I know right before you went down there, Taryn came up to me and was like, he's about to do it. Phil Phil's about to win it right here. I mean, he called it seriously. And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. What's it like knowing people are talking about it? And you know, I, 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 I don't even pay attention or even hear it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I know they are and, and I know that, uh, they really like that mare. I mean, I've been told that clear through the fraternity. Um, I've uh, haven't been able to get uh, uh, the best of cows cut for at the other events, but she's been in the finals all but one because I messed up that time, <laughs> which happens. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we just get in these horses' way. <laughs> uh, exactly. I know how that goes. We're showing an amateur. I know how that goes. So, Phil, how did you get into cutting? Um, okay, so my dad's a horse trainer. Uh, I grew up showing horses, reined cow horses, uh, and uh, when I uh, graduated from high school, I didn't uh, think I was going to become a horse trainer at all. I wanted to go do something different, uh, just because I was well aware of how difficult it was to uh, uh, be a horse trainer, and uh, so I went and I tried to, I uh, got a degree in architectural engineering and drafting, and I went and worked that a little bit, but uh, ran into troubles with the economy and jobs. You just couldn't get a couldn't get a good job, and so uh, uh, then I met my wife, uh, got married, and uh, then I had to get a job, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I went to work for a ranch called C2 Cattle Company down in Southern Oregon, uh, and I went to work there. Denny Jones was the head trainer. Um, and they had snaffle bit horses with uh, Stan Fonson, Bobby Ingersoll, Skip Brown. West Coast legends. Yep. And uh, so I got uh, to, I mean, I already had known all those guys, but I got to be around them a lot more. Uh, Bobby Ingersoll was a big inspiration uh, with a lot of things. Um, I ended up... Uh, becoming the head trainer for them after two years being there uh, and started kind of switching over into the cutting right there. Uh, I did show some snaffle bit horses for them, but uh, uh, kept switching over to the cutting. Um, they were good enough to send me down here to Texas, and uh, I got to meet a lot of these guys. Uh, when I first started coming down, they thought I was some nut because I worked everything in a snaffle. And uh, that was, you know, like in the mid-'80s. Um, you know, you, you come down here and everybody's in a buster or a big steel bit, and, you know, and I'm in there with my little snaffle pulling back and forth. And 
so wondering why people are looking at you funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but uh made quite a few finals and and uh you know started started uh they started figuring out you do you have do you have any up. any mentors or legends in in cutting that you specifically kind of you know, look up to uh i didn't ever have the opportunity to really work for a, a cutting horse trainer um so i i'd sit every time i come down to texas i'd sit in in the practice pen and i'd watch whoever i could watch uh um gary belafont i watch him a lot i mean he used to have a block every single morning down there and i just at, at five o'clock or whatever it was go watch him all the time um buster he was pretty interesting to watch uh you couldn't really, you couldn't really learn a, a, anything about his training watching him in the practice pen. But, but uh, you know, he was one of the greats. Um, really, probably Gary was the one that I watched and picked up the most from. Uh, Freeman, nobody cut a cow as good as him. Uh, those, you know, little pieces I picked from. Everybody, you, you know, whoever was doing good, because there was a reason they were doing good, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'd try it. If it worked for me, great. And if it didn't, I'd throw it out. You know, but so you grew up on the West Coast, up in Oregon, and you had a business there for a long time, and recently moved here to Texas, and now live here full time. Explain moving your family, and and you guys had a very successful business in Oregon, and. What all went into you guys moving out here and, and living in the heart of cutting? Well, the biggest thing was, is it's, it, you said it, it's the heart of cutting. And if you want to be really successful as a cutting horse trainer, this is where you need to be. Um, we waited until both our kids had graduated from high school to, to move. Uh, and uh, I would have liked to have been earlier down here, but it, it wasn't the right thing to do at that time. Um, a lot of the business that we had went, came with us. Uh, you know, we were making that trip Anyways. here anyhow, and, and uh, it was, got to the point to where I hated that drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's long. And it's it doesn't get drive. shorter either. No, uh -uh. <laughs> no. But uh, it was just a real good move for us. Uh, Sherry Chamberlain, she... Uh, was a customer prior to uh, us moving. She moved down here earlier than, than we did. Uh, and we helped kind of put the designs on the place that she was finishing up. Uh, and uh, so we trained out of her place for quite a few years. Uh, I think we, I can't remember the year we actually came down here. It must have been 2005, six, something like that eight maybe uh so we've been here a while but so we talked about your three championships here at the will rogers uh, memorial coliseum we talked about your pacific coast fraternity championship what's your favorite cutting memory in the saddle probably the fraternity championship it's just the it's what we all strive for it's yeah the crown I mean, jewel it, it's it's the one that is the hardest to win uh and uh I think it means the most to every single trainer. Well, speaking of the fraternity, you had an unbelievable crop of four-year-olds this year and that were three last year. When did you realize 
that the, this group of horses was something special? Um, probably midway through last year, you know, their three-year-old year. Uh, they just there was there was some that were you know late to my training program, uh, and they just came on very quickly. Uh, you know, like the mare that we own that Jake did good on. We started her as a two-year-old. Uh, Smudge, the mare I just won the the uh, Super Stakes on. We started her as a two-year-old. Uh, the gelding that uh, I made the semis on of Jerry's, uh, I got him in May. Uh, they just just came together, yeah, real good. What's your favorite memory watching or helping somebody? If you had one run, even if it was in the past, that you could show somebody and be like, I remember sitting here where I was or sitting. Or just a run that means something, a yeah. lot to you. Maybe my wife went in the Abilene non-pro. What horse was that on? And that was on uh, Phil's Pull Toy, dual pet mare, that uh, Sherry Chamberlain uh, let us have. Uh and they they named her would not tell me what they named her <laughs> and uh anyway yeah I, I i'd catch a little grief over that now and then but tell us why that was so special though oh uh, just you know she she never came from a horse family at all um so everything she knows about it is from working her tail off through all the years and and never really, we never could really afford to get the uh, real good horse for. Uh, and so she usually showed the ones that weren't good enough for me and that we own. And, and uh, that was the first horse that she had the opportunity to uh, uh, get on that was a really nice mare. Um, and uh, she did good. She made the fraternity finals. She did the, made the uh, one Abilene. Um, and that was pretty special for me, I think. Getting to see her do good. Yeah. What's your favorite place to show? Probably right here. Uh, Common answer. With yeah. good reason. We get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. I mean, you know, Will Rogers, for some reason, is just a – it's one of the easiest pens to show him. Uh, it's intimidating to a lot of people. But uh, once you step past that, I mean, it's, it's one of the easiest arenas to get – to show him. Speaking of Fort Worth, what's your favorite meal at the show in Fort Worth? At the show? Or just that you Around can get Fort Worth. Yeah, just Fort Worth. maybe like at the show or what's what's getting brought to you for lunch when you're Well, it's nice to have uh, uh, pizza brought in. That's good. Um, Where do you like to get pizza from? Oh, the what's that? 12 pies or 13 pies. Oh, yeah, 13 whatever. pies, yes, sir. Yeah, that's a good little place. Uh, I think probably my favorite restaurant in town is the Clay Pigeon. Good choice. What do you like to do when you're not riding horses or working on the ranch? <laughs> Race my car. <laughs> Go fast. <laughs> yeah. What kind of car do you have? Uh, it's a Porsche 944, and it's a spec series, so everybody's got to be the same. Every, every car, it's... All it's only those Porsche 944 cars, and it's from '83 to '88, and they all have to be the same. Do you engine. take that to a track and stuff, or yep. yeah, yep. 
go go cruise on a Sunday afternoon with the top nah, down it's now? it's not even just, road legal. It's okay. straight Wow, so it's just a car. real race car. It's, yeah, it's got one seat. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Oh, probably five years now. Yep. I've always liked cars and had different cars, but uh, uh, when Janet Trefethen became a customer, her husband has raced cars and their son races cars and I was at uh, first time I met him I, we were at um, Carol Ward's out in, in uh, Rancho and uh, I got to visit with him and I always thought it was one of those things that was untouchable for a normal person um, but uh, it like he explained to me it was really quite simple and and uh, I just used a little car that we had to end up learning and getting my license and then uh, uh, went around and found the class that I wanted to be in and it's really inexpensive I mean I had I bought it with instructions uh, the, the guy bought it from taught me how to drive it uh, you know for 10 grand and it was ready to go I'm still driving the same motor it had in it I haven't had to do anything to it and how often do you get to race your car? Well, not as often as I'd like. Work gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, uh, we get. I usually get to go about four, four times, five times a year. Where at? Is it around here? Um, the closest track is right in Crescent. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite is the Formula One track down in Austin. But I've been to Utah, Kansas, Georgia. Have you been to Austin and gotten to watch the Formula One? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is that something that Leah goes and she spectates yeah. and hangs oh, out yeah. and watches too? Yeah. The whole family or just you and Leah? Uh, a lot of times it's just me and Leah, you know. Uh, and sometimes she doesn't go, but I like her to go because she helps and yeah. you know she can. Uh, just like cutting. Get on the like last year I qualified for the national championships and and. Uh, uh, radio in the car so she was on the radio and telling me lap times and telling me you know most of the time it was she was telling me to hurry up and go faster <laughs> <laughs> does that also give you the same kind of rush like when you're in there showing showing in the finals and yes yeah yeah it uh for me the correlation is uh see to your pants um you got to feel a lot and same with the horse, you got to feel uh, and eye-hand coordination. I mean, it, you got to react quickly. Yeah. You talked about going to college and getting your degree. What did you see yourself doing when you were a kid? You know, I don't know. I really didn't give it a whole lot of thought uh, until I got partway through high school, and then uh, I, I wanted to be an architect. You know, uh, what was it? Brady Bunch wasn't he an architect or something? I can't remember now. Yeah, I think I'm not sure, but <laughs> anyway, that was a, one of the shows I remember, and I always saw him that doing that, and, looking uh, at plans and yeah. blueprints and stuff. Yep. It's funny. I took three years of architect design in high school, and it used to be one of my like I loved it. I would always yeah. sit around and draw house plans, and you don't you don't realize the the intricacies that go into drawing all those lines. I mean, you think you're just on there with a ruler and you're just drawing straight lines. Right. I mean, you got to have everything measured out to the yes, exact right. quarter inch. And I mean, it's so, it, there's a perfectionist to it that it's 
it's unreal. Yep. Yep. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I drew, uh, we, we ended up building three homes that I designed and drew, uh, ourselves. Uh, and then, uh, even while I was horse training, I was, uh, uh, when we first got started and stuff on our on our own, uh, I uh, would take. There was an architect in town that uh, he would send me. He'd design it and he'd send it to me just to draw. Uh, and uh, I made pretty good darn money uh, doing that on the side, along with training and helped us get through a lot of stuff. Is there a horse that helped kickstart your career, or a horse that you look back on that? drew you to the sport of cutting you know i don't think there's really one in particular horse that uh drew me to cutting the uh the reason i went cutting route um was it, it just you could ride more of those horses a day than you could the rain cow horses i mean it's just so time consuming to train a rain cow horse um and obviously you can't charge enough uh and it uh the cutting end of it was, I don't want to say simpler, but I thought that you could make more money doing, training that, training those horses, because you could have more horses and train it. What I didn't realize was how, how expensive it was to train one with the cattle costs and all the rest of that until I got too far involved in it, and then it was... Then you had to do it. Yeah. The more, the more horses you have, the more people you need to ride them, and if um, you have three in the finals, you need three yeah. people to have, have get on them and get them ready yeah. for the finals. Yeah. Um, talk, a, talk a little bit about Hiss and Vinegar's loper. I saw after you won the other night, he was pretty emotional and... Mm-hmm. Um, just tell us a little bit about him and, and what all the hard work he's put into that mare. Well, he's had that mare since, uh, well, since I started riding her as a, as a three-year-old. Um, Jacob hadn't started her, um, and then uh, I took her over in January of her three-year-old year. And, and at that point, Juan started, uh, uh, she was on his string, and he took care of her. Uh, and, uh, you know, he... He loves her. He's, it's, she's special in his mind. Uh, and, uh, you know, yes, he did get a little emotional and that was actually pretty cool to see. Uh, it was just cool to watch everybody kind of embracing after the win. Leah yeah. came down there and was, yeah. I, I saw a cool picture of her on cutting horse central of just, I mean, just pure elation after, after the win. So it was cool to see everybody's reactions after the win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, it was, it was special, you know. Yeah, Juan, you know, he worked for Jackpot Ranch for years, and then uh, uh, he really, and that's what he was doing, was pre- pre- preparing horses for Matt uh, Budge. And uh, he uh, uh, kind of wanted a way when, when they sold the ranch, and uh, he went to work for us. Uh, um, oh, I don't know what he did there for a few years in between, but he went to work for us. Uh, and he just wanted to not have to be with the horses. And so he fed and cleaned stalls for a year, I think. And then uh, I got him conned back into getting on the horses. He's been great. He's got such a good feel, and, and uh, he's just just a good dude. Well, it takes a good, a good team, and, and it takes everybody kind of working hand-in-hand hand to reach the goals that you've attained and, 
and winning the championships that you have. And congrats on all that you've accomplished and congrats on being the 2019 NCHA Open Super Stakes champion. Thank you. Yes, appreciate sir. that. Yeah, Thank thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate it, Phil. Yep. Thank congrats. you. Before we go today, I wanted to talk to you about one of our sponsors. Are you looking for your next ranch? Well, look no further than Joe Borhan. Joe Borhan has been involved with cutting for over 25 years, and whether it's owning, training, or hauling all over the country, you name it, Joe's done it. And if you're looking for a small little ranch with a barn and a house, talk to Joe. If you're looking for some more acreage with a full-blown training operation, talk to Joe. Living in the North Texas area for over 25 years has given Joe a vast knowledge of the country, which will help him find the best spot to fit you. But Joe isn't just your run-of-the-mill farm and ranch realtor. He will also help you find a house in town or even help you find some investment property. So, if you're looking for a second ranch while you're in Fort Worth at the Cutting, or you're looking for your next forever home, you guessed it, talk to Joe. You can find Joe on Facebook and Instagram. That's Joe, J-O-E, Borhan, B-O-R-J-O-N, Realtor. And when you talk to Joe, tell him the guys at Section K sent you. That's going to conclude today's episode of the Section K podcast. Big shout out to all of our sponsors, EXP, Western Bloodstock, Joe Borhan Realty, Beck Sunglasses, Cutting Horse Central. Be sure to roll on over to becksunglasses.com today and enter K-Pod. That's K-P-O-D at checkout to receive 20% off your next Beck's product order. And be sure to remember every $5 spent at BeckSunglasses.com equals one automatic entry to win a 2019 Can-Am UTV at BeckSunglasses.com. March Madness has come to a close. The champion of the Section K ESPN March Madness bracket pool has been crowned. Maddie Urban. Superstar. She predicted the championship matchup correctly. She had Virginia and Texas Tech squaring off for the national title. Unfortunately, she predicted Texas Tech to win it all, which did not happen due to some faulty last-second three-point defense, but that's neither here nor there. She's going to have to settle for the Section K championship. She's going to pick up a Section K pullover and an awesome new Section K ball cap. If you would like to get your own Section K ball cap, be sure and hit us up. Show us your support. We'd love to help you get one. Also, pretty cool to see Maddie and her husband went up to Minneapolis for the national championship. We got a cool selfie of them taken in the game. I can't imagine how awesome it was for all Tech fans and everyone out there in West Texas. I know Porterfield was even all into the Final Four and all the March Madness stuff with Tech going on. He does not care at all about sports, so... It was cool to see the buzz that Texas Tech generated and and good for the Big 12 and, and all that jazz. So shout out Texas Tech. Shout out Maddie Urban on being the Section K ESPN March Madness Tournament Challenge champion for 2019. And we also appreciate everyone else that decided to submit their brackets. And good try. Sorry it didn't work. Sorry we didn't have a 10-way tie for first with duke winning (laughs) that would have been awesome oh yeah and also if you're espn fan and you created two brackets that wound up in second or third 
first off, go ahead and update your ESPN profile and add your real name to it so we can track you down and potentially give you a prize for doing so well. So if that's you, be sure to reach out to either myself or Cody or Colburn and let us know that those are your two brackets because both your brackets were in second and third. So let GTG us know. GTG hashtag one nine nine six. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Can't give you an awesome section K cap if we don't know you. So let us know, man or woman. Also, be sure to follow along on social media, Section K Podcast on Facebook, Section K Podcast on Instagram, and please, please, please hit us up in our email, sectionkpod at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys down the road. Yeah.